The clock is ticking down towards the default deadline. Former President Trump was back in court this week. Information on these stories coming up on today's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here. It is Friday, May 26th, of course, the year being 2023, and we are back for another news episode. Glad to be back with you guys today. A nice Friday, I must say, or at least in most areas, I would say, but to get a little better uh, look at what the weather is going to be looking like here today and through the weekend, let's get into the weather. Starting in Los Angeles, California, as always, it'll be partly cloudy today with a high of 68 degrees with some more clouds rolling in towards the back end of the weekend. In Houston, Texas, expect some thunderstorms rolling through today with a high of 90 degrees with a mostly cloudy weekend ahead. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be clear today with a high of 67 degrees, a pretty beautiful day in Chicago. Chicago, with some clouds rolling in again in the back end of the weekend. And finally, in New York City, it'll be clear today with a high of 73. So again, a beautiful day in New York City with a clear weekend ahead. So relatively nice. The only rain coming in in Houston. So, you know, if if you all can deal with the rain for today you got a pretty nice weekend ahead overall so not too much to complain about i'd say sometimes you just need the rain we got a little bit here the other day but it just helps keep things green it keeps things nice and you know i I can't complain with a good rainstorm every once in a while and we're starting to get closer to that season where i'm looking forward to a good thunderstorm so not too many complaints if one rolls through every now and again we love to see it we love to we love when things are beautiful we don't want like the dry brown leaves falling off in the middle of july type summer that we had at least around here uh what was it last year yeah last year we didn't have like any rain for most of the summer until i think it was around the end of august beginning of september we started to get a bunch of rain rolling through and you know it would be nice to just have a balance few sunny days a few nice warm even hot summer sunny days and then you know a day of rain i could get behind that i'm all for that but anyway i'm just rambling about the weather at this point y'all don't want to hear this you want to hear the news that we have for today and we do have a couple of things to get into so let's jump in and We are less than a week away from the suspected date that the U.S. would default on its debts for the first time in the nation's history. This is no surprise. We've been talking about this here for quite some time now. However, we still don't have a deal between Democrats and Republicans to raise the debt ceiling in order to avoid this default. That being said, a deal could be coming together that could end all of this and give both sides some of the things that they are looking for. But here is the major issue. We are so short on time at this point before the default that nothing may pass before that June 1st deadline. So let's look at some of the events that have happened this week to get an understanding of where negotiations stand. On Monday, the President and House Speaker McCarthy met in the Oval Office to continue the negotiations over the debt ceiling as well as over government spending. 
as you guys may know if you've been listening in here the government spending is really where the sticking points have been in all of this republicans looking for budget cuts looking to cut back government spending whereas democrats have been asking for a clean debt ceiling raise And while both said that these talks were productive, there was still no deal made to get a bill passed, as they were still held up over a lot of basic items, such as how long to raise a debt ceiling for, how to generate government revenue, spending caps, work requirements, etc., Since that meeting, the staffs for both the president and House Speaker have been working to come to an agreement with seemingly no success. This makes the timing factor even more of an issue, and here's why. When Kevin McCarthy became Speaker of the House, he made a concession to his party that would allow for a 72-hour reading period for any bill before it went to the House floor for a vote. And while this period isn't required to last that long, most periods to read a bill do take more than a day. And if the bill were to pass the House at that point, it still has to pass the Senate, which under normal circumstances would usually take five to seven days on a fast-track process. This leaves virtually no time to get anything done before the default date. And earlier this week, just to give you guys a little bit of an idea here of what we've been talking about in terms of consequences, we got an analysis from Moody's kind of detailing the potential consequences if the U.S. were to default on its debts. And according to this analysis, even if the U.S. were to default for no more than a week, we would see the country's economy weaken to such a point that we may see about 1.5 million jobs swept away. This just gives us a glimpse at why getting the deal done to raise the debt ceiling is so vital at this point. If you remember from a couple weeks back, we told you about something called the discharge petition, which could be used to help get a vote done in the House on a debt ceiling bill. Well, if you don't know what this is, let's quickly break it down. The discharge petition allows a bill to go to the House floor for a vote without the approval of the House Speaker, but there is a catch. In order for this petition to work, it requires the signatures from a majority of the House, which generally means it would need 218 signatures. This is what Democrats in the House are working on right now. And at this point, all 213 Democrats have signed this petition, and they are now looking to get five Republicans to sign on as well. This could be a challenge, and the timing factor from before still comes into play in all of this. We are still working on a very short time clock. The fact of the matter is that these discharge petitions rarely work, they take too much time to accomplish, and they require both sides to come together to some degree to get it done. President Biden won't be able to use the 14th Amendment as a potential remedy for the debt ceiling crisis. If you don't know what I'm talking about here, there has been talk over the past few weeks about the option for President Biden to use a specific clause from the 14th Amendment to declare the debt ceiling unconstitutional and essentially authorize the government to borrow the money it requires without a bill from Congress. The clause comes from Section 4 of this amendment and reads, quote, the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by 
by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned, end quote. This statement was added to ensure that Confederate states and their residents were not compensated for the loss of their enslaved people after the end of the Civil War. However, it has been suggested as a way to get around the debt ceiling, thanks to it saying that public debt, which includes the bills passed through Congress that aren't paid for, shall be paid. However, this option is not going to be usable, and the main issue at this point is the fact that we are too close to that default deadline. And this is the truth of the matter. No president has used this option to get around the debt ceiling issue before. And if President Biden attempted to use the 14th Amendment to get around the debt ceiling, it would assuredly be challenged in the courts, thus blocking it from activating. And as you may know, things don't move quickly through the legal system, and especially not quickly enough to get this case resolved in time. By the time a decision was made on the matter, the country would have already defaulted on its debts. If the president had wanted to use this option to get around the debt ceiling, he would have had to start the process months earlier, giving time for the legal challenges to play out in the courts. Former President Trump was back in court earlier this week. He appeared virtually sitting next to his lawyer in a Manhattan courtroom to hear when the criminal trial against him will begin, as well as to hear about a new protective order put into place that we will get into in just a moment. This is all surrounding the case against him from Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. And you probably remember this case from when the former president pleaded not guilty to 34 counts of falsifying business records related to a 2016 hush money payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. Well... We, along with the former president, learned that his trial will begin on March 25th of 2024. And if you are really into politics, this date will look very familiar to you. And that is because this is about the time that Democrats and Republicans will be in the midst of deciding who will represent them on the 2024 presidential ticket. And the judge for the case made it clear that no one will be able to schedule events that would interfere with the trial. That includes former President Trump and includes any campaign activities. Alvin Bragg and his team were hoping for the trial to begin in January of 2024, while former President Trump and his team were hoping for a court date sometime in the spring. And you can clearly see that the former president was dismayed by the announcement of the trial start date. And then there is the protective order I mentioned. And the first thing to note about this order is that it is not a gag order. This protective order allows Trump to still talk about the case, deny the charges against him, campaign for himself, and defend himself. What he is not allowed to do is publicly share any evidence that his defense team receives from the Manhattan DA's office as part of the discovery process. Now getting into rapid news for today, soul music legend Tina Turner passed away on Wednesday. She was 83 years old. And Stuart Rhodes, leader of the group Oath Keepers, has been sentenced to 18 years in prison for seditious conspiracy after his involvement in the events of January 6, 2021. 
Now getting into good news for today, and we've had stories kind of like this before, especially on the good news episodes, but it's a perfect one, I'd say, for today, and it has to do with a little bit of luck, because Mary Strand had lost a diamond ring given to her by her husband as a 33rd anniversary present. She was in the bathroom one day and it fell off her finger into the toilet and before she noticed it, she had flushed it down and saw it swirling away and she thought it was gone for good. Well, 13 years passed when workers at a waste treatment facility were shoveling through the, you know, the excrement we'll say and the grime and they happened to see something, you know, kind of glittering in the pile. It turned out to be the ring and so they went and posted on their social media pages um especially on twitter was the main one that they had found this ring and it was like finding a needle in a haystack and if you had any knowledge about the owner of the ring or if you were the owner of the ring contact them immediately so you had a bunch of people you know just kind of trying to get their hands on the ring wishful thinkers overall to which they were told to submit a picture of themselves with the ring well a jewel, uh, two jewelers ended up examining a bunch of pictures sent in by people and happened to notice a match belonging to Miss Mary Strand. And so she ended up getting this ring back 13 years after she had lost it down the toilet. Absolutely insane luck. The coincidence factor of it all is just outstanding and outrageous it's just such a story so much luck involved in this and and she said that it'll be ready in time for her 46th wedding anniversary and that she will be wearing it on that day happy to have it back just an incredible story and again I've said it a couple times already, but the luck involved in this is just incredible. And I love this story. It's just kind of funny. It's kind of awesome to just see a coincidence like this unfold. And I figured it was a good one for this Friday morning. But that is the end of this episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed. As always, we will be back here on Sunday morning for a What to Expect episode. That will be What to Expect for the week of May 28th. So don't miss out on that. And also make sure to join us on Clubhouse in the afternoons, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we stream these episodes and talk about other news surrounding these topics and other information. We get into it. You're free to ask questions. You're free to hang out and just enjoy the conversation. But either way, make sure to join us. The link to the house is in the show notes. As always, join us there. Join us on Sunday morning for the What to Expect episode. I hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you very soon. Bye, guys.